Too many point guards? Better than not enough, says Dallas Wins President Greg Bibb. Locked on women's basketball starts now. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there and welcome to One More Sleep Until the WNBA Season Begins. I am Howard Meddahl, host of Lockdown Women's Basketball, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're following our work over at The Next, thenexthoops.com. Go ahead and subscribe. We're offering a crazy deal. You subscribe to The Next for a year. And we'll pay for your WNBA lead pass. You get all the games. You get all the coverage. More than 100 reported pieces per month from our amazing staff, including the WNBA beat reporter for each of the 12 teams. So go to thenextoops.com and check us out. And check out Ari Graham and her coverage of the Dallas Wings. It's wonderful. Really interesting. She's got a preview coming up tonight. We're also going to hear what she has to say about Greg Bibb, who met the media this afternoon. I had the chance to speak with him, talk to him about a bunch of different topics. Uh, he was his usual candid self and very interesting. And I guess the thing that I found most fascinating, I'm going to share the full conversation with you, is the way he looked at point guard. Dallas Wins have announced their final roster. Veronica Burton, the seventh overall pick, somebody we've talked about on the show, we will again. Veronica Burton is really good. Seventh overall pick out of Northwestern, elite playmaker, great defensive player. Well, Veronica's on the roster. So is Ty Harris. Ty Harris, very talented young player, still just three years of experience out of South Carolina. Mariah Jefferson, the two pick overall in 2016, extremely talented when Mariah's at her best, few are better in the league, period. And then, of course, there's Marina Mabry, who has done a great job at point guard next to Arike Agumboale, just reuniting the Notre Dame teammates. Marina is an excellent defender, a terrific three-point shooter, a great two-way player. So how do you make room for all of them? What do you do? Fascinating to hear what Greg had to say about that. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. It is summer. You're going to need some food on the go. I know I am. This weekend, I'm going to call a barred baseball three-game series. I'm going to need something quick, nutritious, ideally something delicious to celebrate barred wins. Built Bars, the Puffs. They're protein-infused marshmallow. Have you heard of anything like that? How miraculous does that sound? Protein-infused marshmallows, 4 grams net carbs, 17 grams of protein, 130, 140 calories. Yeah, Built Bars. So go to Built.com, use code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, just like I did this past week. Get yourself some Built Bars. And, and I cannot stress this enough. Tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. 
Greg had some interesting things to say as well as it relates to his centers. I mean, he talked about Tierra McCallan as the given. I've talked to folks around the league who have some skepticism. Tierra McCallan has been dominant when she's been on the court. My favorite stat about her is since she entered the league, she is 14th in the league in win shares, despite the fact that she has started only 49 out of 86 games and has not been a regular 30 to 35 minute per game player at any point. Well, I was in Indiana. Now she's in Dallas. And it's very clear Greg Bibb believes in her. So I asked him, among other things, how does she fit next to Charlie Collier? First overall pick last year. Very talented in her own right. He seemed to think they weren't going to be on the court together very much. Charlie is more of a change of pace to Tierra. Again, I'll let him answer. But that certainly dovetails with at least part of what Vicki Johnson has talked about, the head coach of the Wings. The idea that what you want from this team is to play faster. Well, they were ninth. In pace last year out of the league, out of 12. Wanted to be first. They were ninth. Then they added Tierra McCowan. Doesn't seem like the math adds up. You really could go big. You could add Charlie right next to her. You're going to play even slower potentially, although Charlie can get up and down the floor. You know, Tierra can too. It's just, it's not pace. You don't need it to be pace. You don't want it to be pace. Tierra McCowan scores around the rim as well as anybody. She is a rim protector. You wanted Tierra McCowan to be Tierra McCowan. This is a lead where traditional fives are at a premium. You know, we are sadly without Brittany Griner in this lead. Sylvie Fowles is in her final season. There's Liz Cambage, although she's more of a hybrid than you think, especially I think you'll see more of that. And we'll talk about that on the show tomorrow. We're going to get into the sparks, but you'll see more of that when she's not with Asia Wilson, where you're trying to essentially two-step a couple of clearly, to my mind, fives. And very interested to see how much Becky Hammond does that in Vegas with Asia Wilson. Bill Ambeer was very clear. He said Asia was a four. Almost everybody in the WNBA world disagrees. On the other hand, they went 42 and 12. So <clears throat> something to be said for that. Anyway, point being, man, it shouldn't be a fun season. Point being, McCowan's going to get a lot of time out there. We're going to get a chance for her to be Tierra McCowan. I'm very interested to see how that all comes together. So we talked about all this and a fun treat at the end. Greg laid down a marker for what he expects out of his Dallas wins this year. So again, Always fun. Always good to talk to Greg Bibb. Went five minutes. Shouted out Marist. I'm always here for that. Go Red Fox, as he said. We love the Mac. The Mac. Two A's. Yeah, just so we're clear about that. Not the Mac. The Mac. So, take a listen. Greg Bibb, you are locked on women's basketball. I'm Howard Magdal. Do you have an opening statement for us, or would you like to go right into questions? Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it, and thank you all for joining us, not only today, but for your continued coverage of our team and our league. It's much appreciated. Uh, as is a tradition, I like to take an opportunity at the very beginning of the season, close of camp, 
to address our roster. So that's the purpose of today. Uh, and my remarks will be brief. This is really more of an opportunity for a Q&A uh, with the members of the media. But I will say that uh, I've been very pleased with our camp. Uh, Coach Johnson and her, and her staff have been pleased. They've done a great job in preparing the team. I think everyone that's been in camp this year has contributed in some way. Uh, there were a number of pleasant surprises uh, for us. Uh, and I think with year two of the coaching staff and year two of this core group now together, uh, I think we started camp further along and we are definitely ending camp further along than we've been. And that's a credit to everyone coming in ready to work and, and getting ready to go. So excited for Saturday night and beyond and, and ready to start the 2022 season. And I'm happy to now take some questions. Great. Thank you very much, Greg. First, we're going to go to Ron Thulin. Ron, go ahead and ask your question. Craig, uh, releasing Unique today probably was a pretty tough decision because she uh, uh, she obviously has the potential. But what flexibility does that give you on your roster now? Unique had a great camp. Uh, Unique's a player that I had um, had on my draft board last year, uh, and we just couldn't get it done uh, to get her uh, drafted last year. So when we had the opportunity um, to bring her in this year, I was eager to do so. She had a great overseas first year. Uh, and she had a really good camp for us. Uh, she's a WNBA caliber player. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's, there's numbers involved, both in terms of roster spots and salary cap uh, implications. And, uh, you know, we weren't able to keep unique, but uh, she has a bright future in professional basketball. And I believe a bright future in the WNBA. In terms of flexibility uh, with Satu Sabali and Tiara McCowan still competing in the KBL playoffs in Turkey, both are in the semifinals, opposite brackets of the semifinals. Uh, we went ahead and temporarily suspended those two players, uh, which allowed us to carry an extra roster spot. And the way the temporary suspensions work, that money, while it uh, counts against your cap, if you have room under your cap, cap at that point to add the extra roster spot, you can do so. And, and that's what we did this year. Temporary suspension is only a roster maneuver. As soon as uh, their overseas seasons end, we will activate them. Uh, and at that point, we'll have uh, one more roster decision to make. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Next, we're going to go to Howard Megdahl. Howard, go ahead and ask your question. Great. Thanks for the time. Good to chat with you as always. Um, wondering if you could take me through the way in which you see your point guards at this point, uh, specifically, you know, with Veronica obviously being here, Ty back and Mariah Jefferson here as well. Is Marina, who has, you know, been more of a point guard for you, someone you think of as a combo guard, somebody who you think is a change of pace with Enrique? Just wondering sort of how that lays out in the way you think about your guards. Uh, all of the above is probably the answer I would give. I think, the great thing about Marina is she can play and play well at the one, the two, or the three. So she gives you great versatility in the backcourt in terms of what she can bring uh, for the team. Uh, in terms of our other guards, uh, everyone's had a really good camp. Veronica has been uh, as good uh, early as I had hoped, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and um, Ty's probably had her best camp in the three camps she's been in. Uh, and Mariah's Mariah. So um, we have uh, a lot of players that can handle the basketball, whether you want to define them one way or another by position. Um, 
I always say this, it's better to have too many than not enough. And I think, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were looking for a point guard and now we we're kind of abundance of riches in that department. So feel really good about our point guard position heading into the season. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thank you, Howard. Next, we're going to go to Andrew Lipton. Andrew, go ahead and ask your question. Can you unmute your mic for me, Andrew? Sorry about that. Thanks, Greg, for, for doing this. Um, in the middle of the college season, I saw Jasmine Dickey play, and I really fell in love with her. Um, I thought, you know, aside from her basketball skills, um, she was tremendously physically fit. A lot of speed, long, long legs, long strides, glides on defense, can jump, great body control, great stamina. Um, um, and I thought she'd be drafted higher. Um, where was I wrong? And what do you think about her performance so far for you guys? So being a former East Coast mid-major guy, go Maris Red Foxes, you know, I probably put a little bit more value on, on mid-major basketball than some others. Um, I was aware of Jasmine. She's, you know, comes out of Baltimore. I was 12 years in the Washington, D.C. area prior to coming to Texas. So I knew of her uh, and I know the Delaware program. And again, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the mid-major programs across the country. So I uh, had watched a, a fair amount of her over the last couple of years, and clearly she can score the basketball over 24 points per game. I think she finished third in Division One scoring this year. Um, that's a given. Maybe there was a question whether that translated to our league. It didn't really for me. Um, but where she's been the, the biggest surprise to me, and again, this is having watched a lot of her, is how her athleticism has translated to our league. She's an elite athlete in the WNBA, which is right. not easy to say, uh, but she is, uh, and she's really good on the defensive end um, in terms of getting after it uh, and really uh, making it hard uh, for the player that she happens to be guarding. Uh, so, you know, she's, she's on the roster for opening day uh, as the 30th pick in the draft, and there's not too many picked at 30 in the WNBA draft that make an opening day roster, and that's a credit to her and how hard she's worked from the day she stepped in the gym here. And I think that's probably the last thing I would say about her that's really helped her. She has that scores confidence about her, that, that self-belief, uh, that feeling of, of belonging, regardless of where you come from. And I think that served her really well as she stepped on the court here because our training camps are really short. And if you're not 100% confident and ready to go, it'll end pretty quickly for you in our league. Um, and she was ready to go day one and she'll be on the court Saturday night. Appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we're going to go to Christos. Christos, go ahead and ask your question. Hello, Mr. Bib. Thank you very much for your time, first of all. Um, two questions for me, if I may. The first one is, how evaluate the, the moves that you did as a team during this offseason and how good you feel this team can be this season? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Yeah. How could we evaluate those the moves that we did as a team in, in WNBA draft and the offseason overall? How good this team can be this offseason, this season, from your perspective? How good we can be? Is that the question? Yes. I mean, I think every general manager uh, feels really good the day or two before the season starts. Um, and I certainly feel the same. Um, you know, I've mentioned this prior, you know, we're kind of a team that's transitioning, right, from a 
we've got to put it together and see what we have to a team that is ready to take, in my opinion, a significant step or leap forward. Uh, we have our core group back. Uh, we will not, I don't think, I haven't run the numbers, but I'm pretty sure we won't be the youngest team in the league. But uh, if my uh, off the back of a napkin math is right, we're still really young. We're under 25 years of age on average on our roster. But with that said, we have almost a thousand games of regular season experience. And I think it's like 47 combined years of regular seasons in the WNBA on our roster now. So we're not a group of rookies and first and second year players. We're a group that, you know, I think I have um, a player with seven years, three players with six, three players with four. So we're getting to that point now where we're getting into that window where you've got enough success, uh, sorry, enough experience to succeed, but you're just getting to that point where the window's opening. And we now should have a runway here to really take those steps forward uh, with this core group and, you know, hopefully do what we think we can do, which is win and win a lot. And for a long time with this group of players. So I'm really excited about it. You know, in terms of off season, our two, our two main moves, one, we extended Enrique Mbumbawale. She'll be here now for the foreseeable future as the cornerstone of our organization. And two, we went and addressed, in my opinion, our biggest need, which was rim protection and a paint presence uh, in getting Tierra McCowan. So, you know, I feel good about what we did in our off season, adding to, a really solid, exciting, talented young core. So I can't wait for Saturday night. And uh, the, the, the follow-up that I have is, as from executive standpoint, there's what do you see Brittany Graham's situation from executive standpoint? Uh, how affects the whole league, this uh, situation? Yeah, I'm not going to really comment on that. That's not my place to comment on it. Um, obviously, she is in all of our thoughts and prayers, and we're all hoping for, you know, um, that that situation to get rectified as quickly as possible. And, and I think that's all I really want to say about that. Thank you very much. Have a great season. Thank you. Thank you, Christos. Next, we're going to go back to Howard. Howard, go ahead and ask your question. So, Dwight, obviously re referencing Tierra McCowan and what she does, I just wonder what you think the fit is with Charlie Collier, whether it is next to T, whether it is a change of pace from T, and just related to that, in what ways, you know, if you had some specific benchmarks for how you want to see Charlie take the next step forward here in year two of her career. Yeah. You know, how Charlie has played is really up to Coach VJ and the coaching staff. That's not really my purview. Um, but I would say, if, if I had to guess, you won't see a ton of Big T and Charlie together. I think they're both more traditional fives. Um, and we have a lot of um, fours uh, and players that can play multiple positions in the post. So uh, I'm excited to see T. I'm excited to see Charlie's evolution. She's looked like she's taken a step forward in camp. She's more confident. Um, it is, we've talked about this in the past. It is a hard transition to this league. I think for me, the transition at the five is probably the most difficult. I mean, you just think about tonight, you get Sylvia Fowles. The next night you get Liz Cambage. The night after that, you get Brittany Griner. There's never a night off uh, at the five in our league. And that's a big change from college, regardless of where you came from and what conference you played in in college. Um, but I think the other thing that will be interesting for us in the post this year, I am really excited about a walk. 
she had a fantastic overseas season in Italy, uh, 17 and 10 uh, were her averages. Uh, and from the moment she stepped on the court here, this training camp, she looks like a different player. The confidence is there. Um, the the um, drive is there. Um, the ability to get to the rim is, is there in a little bit different way than it has been in the past. Her three-point shooting has improved. Um, I, I'm convinced she's grown. No one else seems to agree with me, but I'm convinced she's, she's grown since last year. Um, so I'm really excited for her. You know, Izzy Harrison uh, had a fantastic year in Athletes Unlimited. I think that experience for her, not just on the court, but in the role she played as a leader there is going to really translate. She's been more of a leader in our camp. Um, KT is back. KT probably will play more minutes at the four for us than the three, at least at the start of the season, because we're a little thin uh, in the post with uh, Tierra and Satu still overseas. So uh, plenty of good options in the front court, just like the back court. Well, you answered my follow-up question already, so thank you. Thank you, Howard. Do we have any other questions for Greg? Back to Christos. Christos, go ahead and ask your question. Mr. Bib, I have one question about the Ricky you mentioned before. From your perspective and what you see from here so far, do you feel or are you confident that this player can be the face of the whole WNBA? Well, I believe so. I think she's that caliber of player and she has those X factors you're looking for in, in that kind of star. But that's really not for me to control. What I can tell you with more certainty is she's the face of our franchise and she's embraced that. Uh, and she's, she's leading from the front. Uh, and she is just, you know, to, to watch her evolve over her few years in the league now to the position that she now carries in our locker room and on the court for us, it's been really satisfying and I'm proud of her and, and happy for her. Uh, and I'm excited she's going to be wearing a Dallas Wings uniform for the foreseeable future. Thank you very much again. Thank you. And we'll go back to Howard one more time. I do appreciate it. I, I'm just curious to kind of take it full circle. You know, given the progress you guys have made, is there a version of events this year where you guys don't make the playoffs, but you're satisfied? Or is making the playoffs the minimum for you to feel satisfied about this season? Yeah, I hate to put public markers out there before we've played a game. But I would say if we're not in the playoffs, we'll be collectively disappointed this year. We made the playoffs last year. We saw it as a really good first step. Obviously it was a very brief playoff appearance. Uh, we lost Chicago, the eventual champions. Uh, I've mentioned this before. I felt like in the locker room after that game, uh, there was obviously great disappointment because we all felt like we were good enough to go further but also it felt much more like a beginning than an end. Um, so uh, it would, it would literally and figuratively be a step backwards if we didn't qualify for the playoffs this year. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Do we have any other questions for Greg? All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, everyone. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. All. That's WNBA too. So find the latest sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, even the weekend run for the Roses. But yes, the WNBA too. 
Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I thought that was a real interesting way that Greg ended. He doesn't like to set a marker, but it's very clear. This was a playoff team last year, and the Dallas Wings, by all rights, should be a playoff team this year. Now, that is no easy task. This is a league where Atlanta and Indiana are rebuilding and have their heart set, I would imagine, on Aaliyah Boston and that number one pick in the 2023 draft. So what that means is there are 10 playoff caliber teams for eight spots, kind of the team version of the fact that there are more players than roster spots in this league. It's not going to be easy. Dallas is going to have to do some improving over last year, but they have a team, they have a runway, 14 and 18 is the floor, right? If they go to 500 this year, is that enough to get them into the playoffs? We'll see. 14 and 18 doesn't always get you into the playoffs in the WNBA. So it's going to be a fascinating season ahead in Dallas. After all, Dallas is a place where playoffs happen. Our good friend Nick Angstadt will tell you. How do I know? Because, and again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. It is true. There is something called men's professional basketball as well. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On NBA experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis of Affecting, I'm sorry, this can't be right. All 30 teams? All 30. All 30, and the WNBA has 12. All 30. WNBA may need to look into that. But meanwhile, yes, all 30 teams locked on NBA, filled with experts, friends of mine, people you're always going to want to listen to. Thank you for making us your first listen. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your second listen. Sleep well, my friends, because tomorrow the WNBA season begins. I am Howard Megdahl, wishing you a wonderful night. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.